Hey fellow RDs, just wanted to welcome you to the podcast, Dietitian Online. Reminder that if you love what you hear and you'd like to find out more, you can find it at www.peanutjar.com. Again, that's P-N-U-T-J-A-R.com. Hey fellow RDs, welcome back. So today we are going to be talking about niches and the title of today's podcast is Five Reasons a Dietitian Needs a Niche. So first of all, tell me that this story does not sound familiar. You've been hit by the inspiration bug and you want to start a blog. You know something about something, plus it'll help your professional profile. So you hop onto a free blog site like WordPress, pour your heart into a post over the topic that inspired you to start this project in the first place. It's beautiful. It's a masterpiece and you publish it feeling in your bones that this is the start of something good. Your schedule starts to pick up and your mind wanders back to your blog from time to time. You feel the itch to start writing. Alas, it's always in the middle of your workday and when you can write, it's late and you're tired. Spacing posts a month apart is okay, right? No. The twinge of guilt fills deeper and deeper the longer you wait. Why did I share this with my Facebook friends? Now I look stupid, you think. But here's a little tough love. Nobody was paying that much attention anyway, so cut yourself some slack. But there your blog dies. I don't know many RDs that don't resonate with that story. Personally, I've had three blogs die over the years and two podcasts. You start with amazing intentions and from a really powerful place, but we let them fail. Why? It's really tempting to chalk this up to a lack of inspiration or a lack of time, but I'd really estimate that that's true in only 25% of cases or maybe less. Most blogs fail because of a lack of clarity. In other words, an understanding of your message and the people that you're trying to reach and speak to. Now, if you're shaking your head right now thinking, no, Jesse, I've always understood my message. Therein lies the problem. How do you fix or change something you don't understand is actually an issue? And the answer is you don't. And that's why your blog failed. So let's dive a little deeper into clarity. Like I said before, having clarity is understanding your message and the desired outcome that your material is going to have. So if I may, I'm assuming the message of your past blog was something along the lines of how to live a healthy lifestyle, or fighting the fad, or how to lose weight without dieting. All very noble messages, but muddy in their meaning. For example, what type of fads are you fighting? Is there a specific industry that you're going up against? Are you talking about supplement fads or macronutrient fads? What group of people are you hoping to reach with this message? If the answer to the questions that I just asked are, well, everybody, all of them, anybody that will listen, don't feel bad. That's a really common answer, especially at first. But if that's your answer, you are 100% not clear. There's a really famous quote in the business world, and it goes, if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. And it can seem really counterintuitive and scary at first, but when your audience is the world, nobody in the world is going to care what you have to say. And that is where your niche comes in. A niche, which can also, which it can be pronounced niche or niche, personally, I feel like I'm throwing up in my mouth a little bit when I say niche, but different strokes for different folks. Um, so I, I will say niche. But that is a group or segment of the population. And every business and entrepreneur that you need a niche, and dietitians are no different. In pre-established jobs, or they're also called the traditional nine to five, we naturally niche down. If you take a clinical job as a dietitian, you're working with the MNT population. If you're a WIC dietitian, you're working with a special segment of the community. If you are in corporate wellness, your niche is working with businesses and establishing wellness programs and so on. 
When you move into the online world though, whether you're doing a private practice or you're creating a blog, picking a niche is 100% up to you. And getting clear on your niche is really, really vital. No one's doing it for you. There are numerous stories that I've heard about entrepreneurial dietitians who are doing okay in their practices until they really found a niche and then their business skyrocketed. So I want to repeat really quick that this is not just for dietitians wanting to jump into private practice. Even if you're blogging, it can vastly benefit you as well. It takes you from being a red delicious apple, which is so basic, to a honeycrisp, which is refreshing, crave-worthy, and slightly sweeter than the competition. If you're feeling unsure, don't worry, it's totally natural. As RDs, we've been taught a variety of skills, and it's really tempting for us to think that we have the answers for everybody. But the straight up truth is we don't, and it would be really scary if we did. If you still need a little convincing, here are five reasons why you'd benefit from finding a niche. So the first one is the water you're trying to fish is already filled with boats. And in this analogy, I'm going to use bodies of water. So in the world, in, um, in business, there's really only three main markets, and we will use oceans as those analogies. So there's the health ocean, the wealth ocean, and the relationship ocean. And everything that we're marketed to falls into one of these oceans or markets. Each of those markets then has sub-markets, which we can equate to a gulf. So we're in the ocean of the market of health, and I'll use that as the example. So in the ocean of health, we have gulfs, which could be exercise, and then one gulf could be diet. From the gulfs, you have smaller submarkets, which I'll use as rivers. So from the gulf, you have the, the ocean of health, you have the gulf of dieting, and then you might have three different rivers coming off. One would be ketone diets, one would be DASH, one would be low carb, and obviously for, we know that there's hundreds of different rivers that could come off of that gulf. Essentially, what you want to do is find a river, or even better, a pond off of that river, even farther away from the ocean, where you can place your boat with relatively low competition. If you settle your boat too close to the ocean, your boat is going to be shoulder to shoulder with other boats, and your chances of hooking a fish, which would be the equivalent of gaining a reader or a customer or a follower, would be very, very slim. When you park your boat in a pond, though, your chances of latching a fish are much higher. So, for example, a, a pond would be working with football athletes following a ketone diet. So do you see the difference between that and everyone, wanting everybody to read your blog, wanting to work with everyone? That's just an example. So other ponds might be elderly patients with congestive heart failure hoping to stay strong and nourished. Or another one could be parents with kids under the age of two struggling with bowel issues. Those would be, all be examples of ponds. I really love the ocean analogy because it helps me visualize and explain what a niche is really about. When you choose a location in the market to place your boat, whether it's a pond or a river, and it's spread out far enough from competition, you're not giving up. I think people really worry that they're giving away their hopes and dreams and their passion. You're not signing away your expert dietitian status. You're simply choosing to fish a little further downstream and to help a select group of people who really need your special talent. Number two is you start speaking to people, not at them. So to them, not at them. I've used this quote before, and I'm going to say it over and over and over again. When you're talking to everybody, you're talking to no one. People are instinctively drawn to others that are similar to them, and we use that to form natural tribes. It gives us a sense of belonging, and different groups of populations use terminology and relate to specific situations that others may not. 
For example, I can use the phrase, food and knowledge deficit related to a lack of exposure to previous correct nutrition information as evidenced by interview and review of medical record. And you ladies, maybe a few guys, hopefully, know exactly what I mean. But what would the reaction be if I put, put that as a Facebook status on my page? People would be really confused and think I was crazy. I can dive into my RD exam day, a nervous wreck as the, at the computer, as the computer screen changed from the typical next question after you hit submit to a survey. I can explain the rush of shock, then confusion, then ecstatic joy when I realized I had passed my RD exam and I was now officially a registered dietitian. I, can, I could share that with the public and they're gonna be happy, they're gonna know I'm happy and they might share some of those happy feelings, but because of our similarities and our tribe mentality and your experiences and my experiences, you can relate and you might even have the same emotions rush over you as you remember your test day and the day that you passed. There is terminology, feelings, and experiences just like this in every special niche. It's through these emotions and words and interactions that we have a sense of community. And if your target market is too broad, you can't capitalize on this strong and ever-present fact. But Jesse, you might think, if I choose to speak with patients to I with IBS and a cardiovascular patient finds my blog, won't they leave thinking I can't help them? But I can. Didn't I just lose a reader or a client? So slow down there. Will you be alienating when you pick a niche? Yes, absolutely. But by alienating that reader, you suck another two in. Your strengths don't lie in that case in the cardiovascular realm and that reader doesn't belong on your blog. He belongs in another corner of the world where he can get better help. But again, for everyone that you turn away, you have another that feels your words and your purpose is seeing to their heart directly. If you find yourself unsure, don't feel bad. This concept really holds people back. I know even personally, it held me back for a long time and still I started until I started to study it more and look at different case studies. You might be nervous to turn people away um, and scared that to not make them feel welcome. But just think about it this way. Who could you best serve? In one situation, you have three moms who are exhausted, all with kids who have IBS issues. In the second case, you have 25 clients. One is an IBS client. One has an eating disorder. 10 of those patients want to lose weight, but they all want to do it on different diets. And God knows what the other ones have issues with because you haven't had time to look at their initial questionnaire sheets. How do you even start blogging or making content that's going to speak to all of those patients at once? When you pick a niche and focus all of your content and services towards them, you start connecting on a level that they haven't previously been reached. When, you read your, when they read your stories, your experiences, and even the wording that you use in your recipes that you share, they can start feeling a sense of belonging. When you write a general health article though, and you try to reach a vast group, it's very impersonal and generalized. It speaks to everybody on a very basic level, but never to anybody else deeper. You're never leaving any readers feeling moved or changed because the wording that you used is kept on the surface. Use this blog as an example or this podcast. You could be reading a general business blog, but you're not. You're reading from a dietitian talking about business because you relate to me, because I relate to you. I use examples and terminology that resonate with your life situations and help you better understand the content. Only through finding a niche and learning the terminology specific to that group can you hope to find your 1,000 true followers, which is a term in the marketing and business world and one I'll identify in later discussions. 
in due time, grasshopper. Number three, you become and stay the true expert. I don't need to tell you this, but the nutrition field is huge and vast. Think back to your internship. You had different rotations. You had one that was a, a community rotation. So you were at a school and a WIC center and a SNF. And then there was a clinical rotation where most of you were probably in an acute care setting, working with tube feedings and TPN calculations. Then you had a management rotation where you were learning all things kitchen. Can you imagine staying abreast the newest information for all of those areas? Heck, personally, it's hard enough for me to stay semi-informed with what's going on in my own family. You would spend 100% of your time researching, never learn everything that you needed to know, spend zero time with clients, and not only get nowhere, you'd also drive yourself crazy in the process. By picking a niche in one area, you optimize everything. Let's say that you decide to work with type 2 diabetic patients. Not only would your lingo, emotional stories, and content relate to type 2 diabetics, from their own personal situations, you could also serve those clients better by narrowing your ongoing education to everything type 2 diabetes. And really, is it, is it acceptable to do anything less for our clients? Shouldn't we always be able to provide our clients with the best, newest possible information that's going to better their lives? Now, am I saying that you shouldn't try to stay up to date in other nutrition fields or areas? Of course not. I think that there's a basic nutrition um, you know, baseline that we all need to keep up with. But when we talk about the bulk of our studying or what we're subscribing to or what we're trying to learn, I think it's really important that we pick a niche and we stay on top of all of that. And when new information comes out, we eat it up like our, you know, our favorite food on a buffet. Number four, we show individuals that the nutrition journey is unique. You and I both know that nutrition is different for every person. Genetics can play a role, personalities, characteristics, environment. There's a lot of gray and there's a lot yet to be studied. You could have one person that thrives on a low-carb diet while the next person feels starved and weak without their cup of milk, banana, and a bagel in the morning. So why would our individual care be any different? It should always be individualized. But Jesse, I can hear you saying right now, I can provide each client with individualized care. I can handle all, time, all kinds of clients. I know, I'm not saying you can't, and I don't doubt that you probably could care for a variety of clients. You probably do now or have, especially in the traditional jobs. But this goes back to our discussion before. Staying up to date with all of the research out there would be impossible. Certainly, you could you know, provide clients with some basic MNT or knowledge. You are a dietitian after all. But would you really be providing top-notch care for everybody? And keep in mind, when I say stay on top of the latest research, I mean it. When you find a niche, you should engulf yourself in the material. You are you, you know are you specializing in IBS? Be the best damn IBS dietitian out there. Learn the theories, the controversies, the physiology. Watch the documentaries out there and dissect the good and the bad from them. Find the websites that your clients might be on and figure out you know what questions they might ask you and how you can best help answer them. Find out does the population that you're serving work best in groups or do they handle one-on-ones better. Know the field like the back of your hand, back of your hand, as well as you possibly can. I think it also helps for our deeds to think of us as working together and not just you standing alone. So you might specialize in IBS and not be the best fit for that cardiovascular client that comes and looks at your blog, but another idea over he- RD over here probably specializes in cardiovascular health and can be a perfect fit for that client. You don't have to say 
you don't have to feel bad about saying no to certain clients. In fact, I would actually argue that you should feel bad if you're not saying no, because somebody else that specializes with helping that client with that specific issue could probably provide a better outcome for that client or that person. And yes, I think it's it's okay for RDs to have different takes on nutrition. I know in my own life, I know you know RDs that promote a plant-based way of life, and I know other dietitians that promote a paleo style. This fits the array of clients that are out there and that we all know. Um, and as long as we're practicing evidence-based practices and we're not doing any harm, I think that we can slowly grow a network of health professionals, RDs, um, that are in sync and always present no matter where the client may land in the nutrition realm. And last but not least, it takes you from Red Delicious to Honeycrisp or Gala or Pink Lady, my personal favorite. And then we can have a basket of all different types of apples, except Red Delicious. And can you tell that I have a deep-seated deep hatred for that apple? I just, I hate Red, Del Red Delicious apples. Um, but the, the, the ba basic message here is stand out. If you work together, if we, if we work together as professionals in the field, each working to perfect our niche based on our individual strengths, what we like, our favorite populations, and what we are naturally good at, we can create a wonderfully diverse panel of options for all of our clients. So I'll end my thoughts here. If you're curious about more, if you are trying to figure out where your niche would be, I've actually created a workbook and it's just a free offering that I'm giving you. Um, you just have to, if you're watching this, if you're reading this on my blog, then it's just right below. Of course, if you're listening to this, which is what you're doing, you can go to my blog at www.peanutjar.com and the details will be in the details, or the link will be in the details of the podcast and of the vlog on YouTube. Um, so just head over there, you know, tell me where to send it, your email address, and then I'll shoot you the, the workbook. Um, I really believe in this, and I really know that HRD has a special gift to offer the world. So until next time, love and vibes, Jessie.